Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Welcome again to Emmanuel Church Online. I am Pastor Gabe, and along with my wife, Lijinska, we have the honor of pastoring here at Emmanuel Church. We are so glad that you could be with us today uh, here online. We know that it, it, we still would rather be in person, but for the time being, and until things get a little bit safer, we are still asking that you join with us here online instead of in person. We're praying for you and we miss you, and we are hoping that it will be soon that we can meet safely in person again. But in the meantime, we are here, and we are still the church, and we are still doing uh, our 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 mission, our job of lifting up Jesus in worship and getting into his word. That being said, we're starting a new series today called, You Follow? It's a question. It's a question. And the question is about what does it mean to follow Jesus, really? Are we doing the right, are we doing it the right way? Are we following Jesus correctly? Are we following the right Jesus? A lot of times the church has done a poor job throughout history of reflecting Jesus in our lives. And we need to come to terms with that reality, with that truth, so that we can be able to to do what is right and to follow the real Jesus, the true Jesus, and do what it is he has called us to do, to live a life that he has called us to live. And the title of my message today is, who are you following? Who are you following? You know, I, I want to ask you a question right now. When you think of Jesus, what comes to mind? What's the picture that you have in your head? Is he wearing white flowing robes? He has long hair and a beard? Or does he have a short hair? Does the, Is he carrying a sheep or is he with a sheep? For some reason, they always paint Jesus wearing uh, are carrying around sheep, even though he, was a sh- he wasn't a shepherd. He talked about being a shepherd. He said, I'm the good shepherd, but he wasn't actually a shepherd. He was a carpenter. You know, wh- what do we think about? Do, do we think that he was strong or this or that? Or, you know, d- what picture do we have? And the truth is, we don't have a lot to go on. We, we don't have a picture of what it means to follow Jesus. When we follow someone online, we can get a glimpse of what it looks like uh, what it would mean to follow them. We can look at their bio. We can get a glimpse of what, it, what, what they're about, who they are. We can look at their profile picture. What does this person look like? But with Jesus, we don't get a, a picture, a, a physical picture. We don't get to see what he looks like. But we do get to see and hear how he wants us to live, what it, what it meant for him to live on this earth as a human what it meant to be human and follow God in that world 2,000 years ago. And we might think that we understand what it means then to follow Jesus. We might uh, think that we know what it really means to believe in Him or to trust in Him. Yet, a lot of the times we get it wrong. 
over the centuries since Jesus was here and walked us, walked among us and gave us specific instructions about what it meant to be his followers, we have often chose to ignore that and define what it means to be a follower of Jesus in our own terms. And that's why so many people, especially now in, in the time that we live in, have a bad impression of the church or have a bad impression of Christians. The famous Indian leader Mahatma Gandhi once said, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike Christ. And although Gandhi was not a perfect person, that quote still stands the test of time today. There are many people who would look at the church and say, I don't like the church. I like Jesus. I like what he says. I like what he was about. But I don't know about the Christians. I don't know about the church. I don't know about the people who call himself, call themselves his followers. We have created, and the reason this is, is because we have created an image of Jesus that reflects us instead of following the real Jesus. We, people did that ironically, even when Jesus was walking this earth. He, we, he was not exempt from that, even though he was there for them to physically see to physically interact with. He walked with them. He talked with them. He went to their synagogues. And yet they still tried to define Jesus through their own terms. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 18, it says this, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And this was the irony that Jesus was walking with them, and yet they still didn't understand who he was. They looked at him and questioned, well, maybe he's one of the prophets reincarnated. Maybe he, he's come back and God has sent him back to, to, to tell us, to show us, to pave the way for the Messiah ahead of him. They, they even claimed he was John the Baptist, and John the Baptist was alive while Jesus was alive, and yet still they didn't understand. And we do that. A lot of the time, we create an image of Jesus for ourselves for many different reasons. Because it's easier, because uh, it's harder to deal with the reality of who Jesus was. It, we we make it that way because it's uh, because we want him to want what we want, like what we like, want for our lives what we want for our lives: success, wealth, influence. And other things. So we create images of Jesus. We create these false images, these fake Jesuses, and we follow them instead. But when we choose to define what it means to follow Jesus by our own standards, we end up with a Jesus that looks like us instead of a Jesus that challenges us to be more like him. We try to twist Jesus into solely a man of peace and love. You know, we like that. We like that about Jesus. He was love. He was, he was kind. He was, he was a peaceful man. You know, he didn't, he, he was just walking around being friends with everybody. That's what Jesus was about. And then we forget that 
He went into the temple and flipped over tables on two occasions and often fought with the religious leaders of his day. We try to make Jesus American. And that might be controversial to say, but we try to make Jesus American and we live a life of a false truth that he is pushing us to pledge allegiance to our nation or any nation for that matter when he pledged that we follow him and the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was not American. Ultimately, what we do, what we end up doing, no matter what we do, what, when we try to twist the Bible, when we try to twist the Scriptures, when we try to twist Jesus, we create an image of Jesus that we worship that is nothing like Him. It's nothing like who Jesus really is. Jesus is so much more and so much deeper and stronger and better than any picture that we can paint of Him. We can try our best to to encapsulate what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to love God, what it means to believe in God or to believe in who He was. But we will not ever grasp it if we continue to define Him by our own standards. Because Jesus was more. Jesus was better. Jesus was the incarnation of God. Let's talk about who He was. Jesus was the incarnation of God. And through His death and resurrection, we can have life in Him, eternal life in Him. That means if He is able to do that, what does that mean? Jesus is powerful. We think about Jesus being meek. He surrendered Himself to to death on the cross. He, He often ran away. That's funny to imagine, but Jesus often ran away when the crowds got too intense, when they thought about killing Him. I mean, I would run away too. If someone wanted to try and kill me, I would be like, I'm out. Thanks, but no. But we want to imagine him as someone meek. And that's what he was, meek. But we understand what meek means. Meek is humility. But meek means I am humble, but I have power. I am, I, I am able to reserve it to when I need it. You see, Jesus was powerful. You might be te- tempted to paint him as soft because, uh, He lived a life of love, but He was God. He was God. In fact, one of my favorite uh, arguments that He had with the Pharisees that must have just blown their minds with anger, they must have been so upset at hearing it, they were claiming that He was demon-possessed and they were fighting Him, and they were like, man, this this Jesus, He needs to go. He is demon-possessed. And in John chapter 8, verses 53 to 58, I'm going to read that part of the exchange. He says, and they exclaim, now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death? Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, who you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He, ha- he saw it and he was glad. Yet you are not yet 50 years old, they said to him. And you have seen Abraham? Very I truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was, before Abraham was born, I am. 
They must have been outraged with anger because in that statement, Jesus didn't say, I was before Abraham was. I was there when Abraham was there. No, he didn't say that. He said, before Abraham was, I am. He used the same phrase, the same name that God revealed himself to Moses. When he says, I am the God of your ancestors, the God who was and is and is to come, I am I am. And Jesus said, that's who I am. I am. He is God. He is God incarnate. He is powerful. He is more than our brains can wrap around. He's not just a a man who lived in Galilee 2,000 years ago. He is so much more. He is so much bigger and more powerful. And we need to be able to understand that because if we think that we can define Jesus or we we can change Jesus to who we want him to be, we cannot. We have just instead created a Jesus that doesn't exist. Jesus wasn't only powerful. Jesus claimed and said rightfully so that he was the answer. Jesus declared in John chapter 14, verses 6 to 7, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is the revelation of God himself. He doesn't just claim to be or know the answer. He is the answer. He doesn't say that I'm here to bring you a formula for life. I'm here to bring you three steps to a better life, seven steps to get to heaven. So, you know, like a lot of self-help YouTubers and things like that. And I will admit, I've made some videos like that before too. And the thing is, he doesn't do that. He, he can't, I can do that because I'm not him. I'm not God. I can give you three steps and point you to Jesus. But Jesus says, I'm not pointing you to Jesus. I'm pointing you to me. I am not anyone else. I am the answer. I am the solution. When we try to create a Jesus in our image, he fits the solutions to the problems we have at the time. But then when we face new challenges, that image of Jesus is unfit for that. And we wonder where God is and what he's doing and why doesn't he answer our prayers. When we've created a Jesus that is about our success, more than he is about creating his image in us, then he will fail us always. And any Jesus we create in that same train of thought, any Jesus we create will always fail us because he is shaped in our image. Jesus is just simply better than that. He is so much more. In his critique of modern of contemporary Christianity, author N.T. Wright said this, Jesus, the Jesus we might discover if we really looked, is larger, more disturbing, more urgent than we, the church, had ever imagined. We have successfully managed to hide behind other questions, admittedly important ones, and to avoid the huge world-shaking challenge of Jesus' central claim and achievement. We have reduced the kingdom of God to private piety, the victory of the cross to comfort for the conscience, and Easter itself to happy escapist ending after a sad dark tale. 
piety, conscience, and ultimate happiness are important, but not nearly as important as Jesus himself. N.T. Wright was telling us here, you know what, we've made Jesus about something that he is not. We've made the church about something that is not. We've made it about programs and systems and self-help. We've made it about being a better human being when it's so much more than that. All these things are important, but not more important than Jesus. He is supposed to be the central, the center to everything that we are. We cannot make church about other things because when it does, then church becomes about us. Church becomes about our humanity. And we end up worshiping our human condition and how we can be better all through the power of believing in ourselves. And while that all sounds good and well, that's not what Jesus has made the church to be. That's not what it means to follow Jesus. In order to truly follow Jesus, we must make Him the center again. We have to abandon our false gods we have created with our own hands and our own systems and follow the Jesus of the Bible. See, what we have done or what we have tried to do is we've had to We've tried to tame Jesus because Jesus is so much more. When we want him to go right, he goes left. When we want to go left, he goes right. When we want to go up, he goes down. When we want to go down, he goes up. He defies our expectations. We want him to tell us when someone wrongs you, you're right to be angry and you should do something about it. No, instead he says, turn the other cheek. Love your enemy. We want, about, we want to be about wealth and success so badly in our culture that we defend those who have amassed wealth. Yet Jesus exalted the poor and said it was hard for the rich to get into heaven. Jesus is so much more. So we have to go back. We have to go back. And it's time for us to maybe revisit the Gospels. If it's been a long time since you've read the Gospels, let's read the Gospels together. We need to go back and understand that some things are important. All these things are important. Yes, how we live our lives is important. The, the, the doing a doing of good things is important in life, but it cannot be more important than Jesus. This journey is going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be difficult because we like the familiar. We like it when Jesus is like us because then He justifies who we are. He justifies the way we think, the way we act, what we do. He justifies those things. He justifies the people we hate. He justifies all of that if He is like us. So to let go of that means that we have to let go of the things we need to work on. The hate, the anger, bitterness, the selfishness, the pride. We need to let go of those things and that's not going to be easy. So we need to ask ourselves today, What idol, what image, what fake Jesus have we been following? What fake Jesus have we created today in our lives? And does he match with the Jesus of the Bible? Or is he something entirely different? Today we need to let that Jesus go. 
and follow the Jesus that is more. Follow the Jesus that is the answer. Follow the Jesus that is powerful. Follow the Jesus that stands in front of his, in front of, front of those who will call him demon possessed and say, I am. Who is different than us. Follow the Jesus who is human, yes, but God. Follow the Jesus who was faithful to death on the cross. Follow the Jesus who came back from the grave so that we might be saved today. To who do we give it up to? To Jesus. Because Jesus is love. And if even if we feel that we have strayed far, even if we feel that we aren't ever going to get it right, even if we feel that God won't love us or judgment the, uh, judge us and He's just going to want to put us away, that we have to get everything right. No, these are all false images of Jesus, but Jesus is love. And that if we come to Him with our faults, our mistakes, our shortcomings, our sin, our brokenness, that if we would put that in His hands, He would take it and offer us grace, offer us forgiveness, offer us love, and hold out His hand and tell us, come, follow me. So as we go deeper into this series, we're going to look like what it, what it means to reflect Jesus. What is his mission and what does it mean to live out our faith in him? To live out the way of Jesus. But today, let's come before him and pray and ask for forgiveness. Father, we thank you for this time and your word today. We thank you for the opportunity to be here and listen. But we want to know you. We want to know the real you. And if we've made fake Jesuses, we've made false gods in our own image, we've made judgmental gods who would tear us down, let us bring that all before you, before the cross today. And let us follow you. Let us give all that up so that we might discover who, it, who you are what it means to really follow you this year so that we are not stuck. We are not stuck to our old ways, but that we would grow and become more like you. We thank you for what you have done and we thank you for what you will teach us through this series. In Jesus' name, in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us here today. And as we close out, there will be some discussion questions here that to give you an opportunity to talk with your family or if you're on your, your own right now and watching this, to reflect and to pray and to seek after God this morning or this afternoon or whenever you're watching this. We hope that you have a blessed week and don't forget to continue to look out for our daily devotionals during this 21 days of fasting and prayer. And we miss you. We are praying for you. And if there's any way we can pray for you, let us know in the chat and we will reach out to you. Um, but thank you again for watching. And we hope 
to see you soon. God bless you. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.